Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, and we're going to have a Monday Madness episode. Why? Well, because I think I might be going mad. <laughs> Not as in angry, but as in crazy. Oh, and before we get into that, let me remind you, it is episode 364 coming to you on the last Monday of the month of February. And in just a few more days, we have Chris Ann Hall coming on the first Thursday in March. That's right, March the 2nd. It's going to be at the Redemption Point Church, which is downtown McKinney, 100, oh, oh, wow, <laughs> East Lamar, right? 700 East Lamar, wow. 700 East Lamar, downtown McKinney. We're going to open up the doors at 630. Well, they'll be open before that, but we're officially opening the door at 6.30, and the program's going to start at 7. The topic for discussion is the Constitution and federalism, how and why it matters what the states do via interposition and nullification. If you don't know what those mean, rather than look them up, why don't you come and listen to an expert on the subject? And I know, I know, I heard some feedback that some of y'all were afraid that, uh, well, you have Daniel Miller there. You guys are all a bunch of traitorous, traitorous, seditious uh, haters. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. What I will tell you is when you realize that things are not working and they're not getting better, you have to explore other options. You have to at least understand what else could be done, whether or not you actually want to do that is for you to decide later after you actually understand what's at play. So that leads directly in today's episode. We're going to touch on the idea of no justice, no elections, no results, and why do we do what we do? Why fight? And before I get started, let me remind you, you can do me the favor of like, sharing, subscribing to this show. Your comments, feedback, and ratings would be appreciated as we close in on that 100K mark. I really, really want to do it strongly. I want to finish strong. I don't know what it is, uh, but I I think later this week I'm going to have to leave Podbean and go over to the uh, anchor. Uh, Perhaps they'll do better support and get me uh, a few more followers. (laughs) I can't imagine my show is that bad. Um, no, seriously. I just, I, I do this for the express purpose of expressing myself, but really and truly it's to encourage others. It's to get others involved. It's to help make a difference. I still labor under the idea that one person, one man can make a difference. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to make my difference. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, on with the show. Number one, no justice. You know, I've talked about this a time or two. I think this is just going to have to be a recurring subject. There's no way to escape it. We have a two-tiered or multi-tiered justice system. So does everyone else in the world, okay? Let, let's not let's not look past that. This is not bash America. This is just stating this is where we're at. We don't have to like it. We don't have to approve it. But that is where we're at. 
when you have certain groups of people, uh, a good number of them are elected officials, their friends, or extremely wealthy people and their friends, or well-connected people that are both formerly elected and wealthy, those people never, ever see justice, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, you get a couple of you know odd ducks that might go uh, face a prison sentence or get their hands slapped, but the reality is nothing that is equitable, ooh, there's that dangerous word there, nothing that is appropriate for the damage that they have caused ever befalls them. Now, you got a guy like Bernie Madoff, right? He defrauded millions of people out of billions of dollars. Now, he probably spent all the money that he take that he had taken in over that time, or at least he hid it in a really good place. But what I don't understand is how is not he and his entire family bankrupted by his bad behavior? Now, I know I have always said I don't support um punishing the sons and daughters for the actions of their parents. But that is a real easy way to hide and shield your ill-begotten gains is to gift it off to your children or your grandchildren. And they hide their money that way and their theft that way. And we are supposed to turn a blind eye. Well, I'm fairly certain that that's not the way the world should work. When you're able to steal money, then quickly give it away or squirrel it away somewhere else so that the long arm of the law can't get it. How does that work? Now, unfortunately, they have better lawyers. And then you get guys that obviously did something wrong and they suffer no consequence because their lawyers are better. And I believe everybody is entitled to and deserves a fair and vigorous defense. And if they actually didn't commit the crime, then they should not be doing the time. But more often than not, the criminals get away with it. And one of the things that has always been interesting is, right, the idea that you can't have vigilantes. You can't have people that freestyle their own justice and their own vengeance. And I understand the logic behind that, right? You you don't want people just running around meeting out justice without a process being in place. But if there's no justice, that's the only recourse left. So, for example, just because it's in the news and it's relevant, there is these... Uh, I want to be careful how I say this. There is a large group of people that will be suffering from now until eternity, more than likely, because of the bad actions that led to a train derailment in Ohio. Now, we might go and find out that this was sabotage. We we might find out that this is part of fifth generation warfare. Okay, I'll accept that as a possibility. But what I won't accept is... You've got department heads that ought to know how to deal with this. And if they don't, they have experts that are at their beck and call that know how to handle these things. Yet, apparently, nobody wanted to put in the effort to properly deal with this problem. In fact, they've made it manifoldly worse by 
let's call them poor decisions. Yet I can almost guarantee you that none of these people are going to face consequences for what they've done. Whether it's the guy at Norfolk Southern, whether it's the appointed officials in our federal government, whether it's those state government officials, whether it's anybody in the chain of command from the incident that occurred, they're destroying people's lives. They're destroying a whole city. They're destroying, or at least severely damaging, an entire area. Now, some people, they want to slip on the tinfoil hat, and I got to tell you, the whole problem with conspiracy theory is give it six months and it ends up being conspiracy fact right about now. But for the sake of argument, I'm not going to go down that path right now. I'm just going to say, I don't believe, or I don't want to believe, that anybody from the railroad company had anything to do with or condoned what occurred. But still, their bad behavior, their lack of preparedness, their lack of mm, coordinated good efforts to clean this mess up, which they knew was hazardous material, notwithstanding the EPA miraculously changing the definition of stuff 11 days beforehand, they still know this is bad stuff. They still know that there's a proper procedure to dispose of or transfer this chemical, yet, apparently, that wasn't followed. Now, remarkably, if you go back to the whole Exxon Valdez thing, that captain went to prison. Whether you think he deserved it or not is irrelevant. That's what happened to him. There was a cost. Exxon was fined. Now, maybe not enough. I don't know. I don't know enough of the details. I can tell you that I'm fairly confident that the earth has pretty much repaired itself because it's oil. It's crude. It's naturally occurring. Unlike these chemicals that were dumped in Ohio that don't break down the same way, that don't dissipate the same way. They just can't be dealt with in the same way that crude oil is. So I ask you, Do you think there's going to be justice? I already know the answer. There won't be justice. Oh, and by the way, those people will probably sue, rightfully so, and they'll probably get a pittance for what they deserve. And the lawyers on both sides of the equation will make oodles of money. And oh, there'll probably be a hefty fine at some point leveled against Norfolk Southern by the very same government that made matters worse. And that money's not going to go to the families or the city. It's going to line somebody else's pocket, I'm sure. So who wins here? I'm not not impressed. And, And just in case you're wondering, this is all my opinion. This is all my thought on the matter. And I got to be quite honest, I have not done a deep dive. I have not spent a lot of time looking in all the details and intricacies of what's played out here. Just the basic news reports leave me cold. I, I wouldn't want to know the details. I wouldn't want to know more because it that might make me angry. And I don't desire to be angry. <sighs> While we're on the topic of no justice, let's talk about no elections. 
For those of you who haven't been paying attention, apparently now there's enough evidence to suggest that the entirety of the Arizona election for multiple years have been fraudulent to say the least. Whether it was by the cartels or just dirty people doesn't matter. But here we have a governor that's apparently proven to be on the take who really never won the governorship, but is acting as the governor. Meanwhile, the person that probably actually did win is having to go out and campaign to say, I should be the governor. And now that we know that the governor, Carrie Hobbs, I'm sorry, not Carrie Hobbs, whatever, just Hobbs. Now that we know she's the problem, we know that Carrie Lake was the rightful winner. And it would be nice if a court would step in and say, hey, this is a fraudulent election and we're going to overthrow this. And oh, by the way, we're going to arrest you and throw away the key for destroying the people's faith in the election cycle. Keeping in mind, the very same thing is likely going on in Michigan, Georgia, uh, Pennsylvania. I mean, Nevada. Now, you don't have to like Donald Trump. In fact, I imagine some of my listeners are mm, never-Trumpers. I was neither a never-Trumper nor a uber-Trumper. He was the only choice I had in 2020, so I took it. The sad thing is, is that you guys are content. You're content with the fact that he doesn't get his presidency because they cheated in enough states. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm probably going to be shadow banned again here or whatever. There was obvious cheating. There was obvious malfeasance. There's obvious issues, but they've turned a blind eye to it. They have zero interest in doing anything about it, once again, because there's no justice. And without justice, you can't have clean elections. And if you don't have clean elections, why even hold the election, right? Why pretend? I, I'm still not convinced that the current governor and the lieutenant governor really got 70% of the vote out of the primary. I'm not convinced of that. Maybe that happened. But just, again, color me dubious. Now, I've said many times publicly and on this show that I don't think they're doing a terrible job. I don't think they're doing a great job, but I don't think they're doing a terrible job. So, I can understand why the majority of people don't want to throw them out. I I get that. But then when you look at what went on in the speaker's race and all of these quote unquote conservative elected Republicans go down to Austin and immediately turn tail and reelect this guy to be the speaker of the house who then promptly ignores all the priorities, ignores all the uh, principles and quite frankly does whatever he wants And our people still support him. Why is that? Is it because the house reps in Collin County are that weak? I don't know. Or is it because they know that they can't be beaten? I mean, I want you to consider this. It's been talked about for many years that somebody needs to run against Jeff Leach. Somebody needs to go and primary the guy. And four years ago, I was against it. I'm like, look, he's in a district. That uh, is really tight. We can't afford to lose the district because we're mad at Jeff Leach. Don't be stupid. Just let him run for re-election. He's not that bad. Okay. 
And then we did the same thing in 2020. Ah, you know, he's not that bad. But now we know that that new fresh district he divvied up for himself in 67, there's a 12-point swing in there. We can afford to have a few irritated Republicans. We're still going to have to deal with the Democrats voting in our primaries, but ah, I think I like those odds a whole lot better. Of course, if you're going to run against somebody like Mr. Leach, you're going to need a fat bankroll and you're going to need a lot of people that are willing to support you. And, oh, by the way, you're going to have to find people that are willing to go up against the Republican establishment. Good luck with that. Now, there's plenty of grassroots guys like me that will run our mouths and say that we're so disappointed with the Republican establishment and leadership in Austin is lackluster at best. And then we even went so far as to replace the leadership in the Republican Party of Texas and got Matt Rinaldi in there. Matt Rinaldi is the guy that's saying, hey, you know, guys, uh, you really need to do a better job here. This is kind of disgraceful what you're doing. If you're Republicans, don't you think you ought to, I don't know, maybe follow the rules and the stuff that the Republican Party sent to you? The answer is they don't care because the elections don't matter. They've rigged them. Yes, they're rigged. You've heard me say it. Of course, once again, this is my opinion. And no, I really don't have to substantiate this because there's plenty of evidence right in front of our faces that things just don't add up. They don't make sense. And, you know, the the current uh, zeitgeist is, is there's a lot of stupid voters out there. There's a lot of people that just do what they're told. They don't question anything. Okay, first of all, you're insulting an entire group of people. Second of all, uh, I hate to say it, but they may be right. But certainly I wouldn't characterize it that way. And thirdly, do you think, just maybe, with as many people worked up and as disappointed as things go, that they might have been just slightly more animated and slightly more informed when they went and voted and they wouldn't have put the same bums back in place? That's certainly what I would have thought. So, again, the elections largely don't matter. And I say that with great sadness. I, I, I'm not happy about the fact that justice is basically a joke. And I'm even less happy about the idea that elections don't appear to make a difference. That they've doctored it so much that they're nearly unbeatable. I mean, think about it. If you're a rich dude, would you go and give a hundred thousand dollars or help your, you know, have some of your friends over and give a quarter million or half a million dollars to somebody to go run against a state rep that, uh, is irritated you Well, you could probably just buy them off for cheaper. I mean, that's kind of what we're dealing with, isn't it? Let's be honest. You know, it's often been said that some of our elected officials, they should just take a page from NASCAR and on their suits, they just put labels on all the people that have paid for them to be in office. At least then it'd be honest. It'd be open. You know, so that when we when we see these guys acting, we know who they're acting in the benefit of. We know, we know who's pulling their strings. So, I, you know, my heart's been torn for... I don't know, four to six years, I had this ideal in my mind that, man, if I could just get myself in a position where I was elected, I'd go down to the Texas house and go stir the pot and stand on principle and make a difference. And I, you know, 
Jonathan Sticklin was able to do it for a while. Some of these other guys were able to do it for so for a while, and they they made a difference. They moved the Overton window. They brought people's attention to what was going on. They shed light on the situation. Then I came to the the realization that I really didn't make much difference at all. Maybe it pushed things a little bit. Maybe maybe it changed things for a little bit. But the bad actors still run everything. They still do largely whatever they want. We still get guys that go down there and promptly disavow everything that they said that they were going to do when they ran for election. They take a steaming pile and dump it upon all their voters and supporters in their districts because they really don't care. You, You can have the Democrats come over and vote in your election. You can throw enough money at it that you're virtually unbeatable. Why would I care? It's, it's maddening. They don't work for the party. They don't work for us. And they won't say who they actually work for because, you know, they don't wear those NASCAR suits. But what to do? So we look at all the efforts. We look, we look at the inroads. We, we take, a, take a step back and, you know, climb up the ladder and look down in the past from the, you know, the. 10 story view. So the tea party, did we really get anything done? I mean, we made a lot of noise. We flipped a few seats here and there, but in the end, did we get any major wins? And I, and I'm talking about not slowing things down. I'm talking about not, you know, pushing back here or there, but did we get any real wins? I mean, think about it. The conservatives have shown us they're not interested in conserving anything except for the progressive win from 20 years ago. So we're now at the point where we've got Republicans rallying for gay marriage. It's only going to be a matter of time before they rally for unisex bathrooms and showers for everybody. I, I mean, they might as well just go ahead and do away with the citizenship requirement while they're at it. I mean, they apparently don't require you to be a natural born citizen to be the president or the vice president. That doesn't matter anymore, apparently. Never mind what the real specific reason was that they put that in place at the time of the founding. Yeah, that's irrelevant now. I mean, we bring in posers, we bring in uh, illegal aliens, we just change everything around us and we're supposed to pretend everything is great and that everything's going to always be great. We go and pick fights with other countries that we really have no business fighting with and set ourselves up for wars that don't benefit anybody except for, well, you know, the same people that benefit from every war. So the results have not been spectacular. The results have been rather disappointing. So that leads you inevitably to the question. The question is, well, why do we fight? I've talked about this as well. And to be real honest with you, it's days like today that I wonder, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I invest the time and effort in doing this? Now, I know I touched base on this last week. And in fairness, this is a big struggle. 
I, I got to imagine that everybody else that's my age or older that's been at this for more than 10 years has to go home at night on occasion and just reflect to themselves, what are we getting out of this? I mean, if we were successful, if we were, if we were doing a job, would we really be debating the idea whether or not pornography is a, should be available or is a good thing for the school kids? I mean, really? Would we really have to have a discussion as to whether or not boys should be in the girls' locker room? Or better yet, would we really struggle with the idea of what defines a woman? Would we really be suffering under the idea that somebody that was elevated to the highest court in the land refuses to say what a woman is? Now, yes, maybe that was a put-up question. Maybe it was stupid. But, I mean, really? It's not that hard. I mean, a sixth grader can usually tell the difference. But we're supposed to believe that one of the smartest women in the country that we've put on the court can't give a simple answer? Well, no, it's politically charged. And, you know, I wouldn't want to look bad in front of my, you know, my sponsors. How sad is that? Is that what we've devolved into in America? You know, land of the free, home of the brave, and we can't even tell the difference between a boy and a girl. And we have to have a debate or an argument with the people that run the school district that's supposed to work for us of whether or not we want our kids exposed to pornography. Never mind the fact that they routinely dismiss complaints from parents. They make it as hard as possible for parents to be involved And by parents being involved, I mean parents that they don't approve of being involved, right? So if you're a pervert or you're somebody that, I don't know, is confused about who the God of the universe is, or, oh, I don't know, somebody else that likes to celebrate the fact that both their kids rejected normalcy, you get put to the forefront. You're celebrated. You're You're put before the rest of us and said, These are the people that should be running the school district. These are the people that know what's best for your children. Oh, you silly, silly men and women that worship the creator God, that call out the name of Jesus. You guys are a bunch of Fruit Loops. You don't even deserve to be in the same building. And God forbid you should speak up against us. We'll have you removed. We'll have you trespassed. Hey, but that's okay. If you groom a child, we're just going to pretend that's A-OK, and we have nothing to say about that. If you trot out your confused, mentally ill child in front of us, we're going to celebrate that with you. Is it just me, or is this utter madness? And that's just talking about one example in one school district that I happen to know about firsthand. And this is going on over the entire country. And I mark my words. Maybe it'll be five years, maybe it's 10 years, but you'll have those conservatives from Con Inc. out there celebrating how great it is that we have somebody like a former Olympian that likes to pretend he's a woman. I mean, they were congratulating and (laughs) celebrating the fact that two dudes have ordered a designer child. I'm sorry. How did we get to this point? Well, what is all the work that we've been doing for the last, I don't know, 10, 20, 50 years netted us? 
We've got an entire apparatus that spits in our face and celebrates the very deviancy that we are trying to push back against. And we're the odd dogs. We're the odd balls. <laughs> we're, we're the problem, right? We're, we're the ones they want to contain, push back in. These are the ones that get the FBI memo set out. No, 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 not the ones that abuse their children, that force them under a knife, that quote-unquote reassign their gender, even though you can't because you're genetically one or the other, unless you're some genetic uh, flaw, in which case you're a special snowflake and you need to be dealt with specially because you're the uh, 0.2% or whatever it is. Genetic abnormality, there we go, abnormality, there we go, hey, yes. We have to have compassion, we have to be fair, and we have to make sure we're maintaining our just view on things. But I'm sorry, I'm just not prepared to pretend because they won a battle 20 years ago that all is well now. No, no. Seems to me we've sacrificed our entire country on the altar. I heard somebody refer to it as first it's Baal, then it's Astrith. And I don't remember what the third one was, but we're at the point where we're sacrificing our babies. And, you know, now that the court saw wisely that maybe this wasn't something that needed to be done at the federal level, it should go back to the states. There are actual states out there celebrating the idea that they get to murder your child up until birth. And hey, give them a little while. And what do you know? It'll be after birth as well. Hey, well, your child's not two years old. That's okay. A little infanticide never hurt anybody. We're just going to sacrifice it on this idol here. Don't you worry. I mean, the Satanists are at least open about this, right? They're going to have their ritual abortions that they're going to offer as a religious ritual. And don't you worry, because that's going to be protected by the Constitution. And, oh, I'm sure they'll win a court case somewhere and the conservatives will rally around. Well, we have to observe this religious tolerance and we have to allow for this. Why? I mean, why fight if every time you lose a battle, you're going to immediately surrender? You're going to be a little cuckold. What's the point? Do you understand why I might be a little mad? Why I might be just grating on me just a little bit? Do you understand why we need to figure out what's right and what's wrong? And we need to stand by it. Not just now, but forever. We need to be willing to make those sacrifices. I've talked about it in the past that perhaps we need to develop parallel economies. We need to have parallel organizations. Apparently, I'm violating the will of God because we're supposed to live in the world, just not be part of it. Well, I'm sorry. If it's parallel, I'm still in the world and I'm clearly not of it. So I'm not really sure where the deviation is there. Why would I partake in celebrating the destruction of the youth, the destruction of the family unit, the destruction of all that is good and holy? Because, well, I wouldn't want to offend somebody. I'm going to love my neighbor by letting them wallow in their sin. That doesn't seem to be a very good, sensible argument. But yet, you'll hear it. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, 
The answer as to why is as simple as this. There's always a remnant and God preserves his own. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's listening to this that doesn't believe in God and thinks Jesus is a myth and whatever else. I can't help you. If you choose to reject your salvation, that's on you. To pretend you didn't know it was there, you don't have that option anymore. But what I'll tell you is, God is very patient. And he'll let people bring about their own destruction. But he will preserve a remnant. And I very much would like to be the remnant. Why? Not so I can say I outlasted somebody. Not not so I can say I dodged a bullet, metaphorically speaking. But I believe it's going to make a difference. I believe that there is a value to it. I don't know what it is. I won't pretend to have all those answers. But I'm not just going to roll over and play dead. I'm not going to lament the fact that, you know, our nation's not perfect and we made some errors. So therefore we need to mourn for something that happened 150 years ago. I'm over that. I don't have time for that. I'm focused on the here and now. If you're going to keep punishing me for something that my forefathers did, we have nothing more to talk about. I'm dealing with the here and the now. I'm not about to pretend that anything that happened that was wrong back then is somehow right now. I'm not going to pretend that something that's happening right now is somehow okay because somebody in a black robe said so. And likewise, I'm sure as heck not going to celebrate something that we lost a battle on 20 years ago and now say, well, it's all okay now because these people agree with us on these things. So we have to make it okay. No, it's never okay. It's never right. Sin is still sin. We don't hate the sinner we hate the sin of course now if i say that i'm a hater and whatever other phobe they want to throw at me but no i don't fear any of these people the phrase is i fear god not man so if you want to come for me come get me i'm right here and with that this was according to callus and i will see you on the other side